Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. This is, without a doubt, the most often asked question I get as a pastor. That of, how do I know what God's will is? The good news is that the text before us today provides us with what I'll call a three-pronged approach to knowing what God's will is. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Colossians. Have you ever wondered what God's will was for you at any point in your walk with the Lord? If your answer is no, chances are you're not being very honest with yourself. In today's message, Pastor J.D. will teach you some fundamental approaches when it comes to discerning the will of God in your life. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Colossians chapter 3 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. I'll have you turn in your Bibles to Colossians, the third chapter. Our text today will be verses 15 through 17. And the Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, is writing, and he says, verse 15, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let, verse 16, the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And, verse 17, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. I want to talk with you today about how it is that we as Christians can know the will of God. This is, without a doubt, the most often asked question I get as a pastor. That of, how do I know what God's will is? The good news is that the text before us today provides us with what I'll call a three-pronged approach to knowing what God's will is. And before we jump into this, I want to say this because I know that it will be a huge help to you this morning, as it has been to me in my walk with the Lord. This is so important. If you hear nothing else that I say today, you need to hear this. God wants you in His will more than even you yourself want to be in His will. Let me say the same thing in a different way. God is never 
going to put you in a position in your life, in the circumstances in your life, that is not conducive to you doing what His will is for you. And we're going to see that here today. Never think for a moment that God is in heaven trying to play this chess game with us to keep us from figuring out what His will is. He wants us in His will. He wants us to know what His will for our lives is. Okay, here's the first one. It's in verse 15. It's the peace of God. This is interesting because Paul starts out by saying, let. He says it twice actually, but he says, let. In other words, The onus is on us to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. And that word rule is a very interesting word in the original language of the Greek New Testament. It carries with it the idea of a referee, or if you prefer, an umpire who basically calls the shots. In other words, what Paul is saying here is, let the umpire of the Holy Spirit make the call as to whether or not it's right or wrong, good or bad, fair or foul, in or out. In other words, we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and the peace that only God can give. And sometimes that peace is inexplicable, and I'll explain what I mean by that. Sometimes the circumstances in our lives are such that there is just such disorder, even confusion, perhaps chaos, And God in the midst of that, I'll even say despite that, can give us the peace that Paul says will transcend our understanding, to keep our hearts and our minds at peace in Christ. In other words, it's this sense that even though everything around me makes no sense, I still have this peace. One of the things I'm learning in my walk with the Lord is to never go against that check that God puts in your heart. It's that sense that something's just not quite right. I don't have a peace about it, we'll say. That's the Holy Spirit giving you a pause instead of peace. That's the Holy Spirit giving you a a check, and sometimes it's no, sometimes it's stop, sometimes it's slow, sometimes it's wait, but there's no peace, and God will not give you that peace to move forward until it is in His will, and in His way, and in His time. Turn to James chapter 3. I want to read verses 14 through 18. This is a great template, if I can say it like that. When it comes to the will of God, knowing the will of God, it's like a a grid, maybe a filter, 
if you prefer that you can run everything through to be able to discern whether or not this is God or not. Listen to what James says, verse 14. If you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. Don't go against that. This wisdom, verse 15, does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Satan, we know, is the author of confusion. Now, verse 17, by contrast, James writes, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now, verse 18, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So you're facing a decision here this morning. It's a major decision. And you want to know what God's will is. Run it through the grid of what James says here. First of all, are your motives pure? Is there that peace that God is giving you? Is is it something that would cause you to be submissive, willing to yield, gentle, full of mercy, good fruits, no hypocrisy, no partiality? Or is that decision that you're about to make riddled with self-seeking, selfish motives? Is there envy, covetousness? Run it through this template and don't move until you have that peace. And that peace sometimes comes by way of the Holy Spirit in that still small voice bearing witness with your spirit that this is the way, walk ye in it. It is good between me and the Holy Spirit. There's just a a peace about it. This brings us to the second one. And by the way, all three of these, they work in concert one with the other. Nothing can be standalone, as we'll see here in a moment. In verse 16, we have our second way to know God's will, and it's by way of the Word of God. After Paul says, let the peace of God rule in your heart, he then says, let the Word of God rule in your heart. And what he's saying is, the peace of God must be confirmed by the Word of God. Here's the thing. God's Word will never contradict God's will. Conversely, 
God's will will never contradict God's word. You can be rest assured (laughs) that it's not the will of the Lord for your life if it goes against the word of God. So the word of God confirms the peace of God. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It it sheds light on the situation, on that decision, when you're at that crossroad of decision. The Word of God speaks to that. It's alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide between soul and spirit, bone and marrow, and surgically soul. And by that I mean there's a specific word in God's word that is for you. Where God will speak into your life in and through his word concerning his will. This brings us to the third one. Once we have the peace of God, it's confirmed by the word of God, the will of God, can be known by the providence of God. The providence of God is when God opens and closes doors. He orchestrates the circumstances, choreographs the steps as He leads us in the path that He would have us to go. We get into trouble when we place too much emphasis on the circumstances. And sometimes we miss the will of God, and we misinterpret and misunderstand the will of God based on the circumstances in our lives. And what I mean by that is, is that sometimes when things aren't going well, we interpret that as, well, I must not be in God's will. You can be right smack in the middle of the trial of your life, and also be right smack in the middle of God's will for your life. I think of the disciples in the midst of the Sea of Galilee in that storm. Jesus sent them into the boat, into the Sea of Galilee to get to the other side. Oh, by the way, spoiler alert, they make it to the other side. They didn't think they were going to make it to the other side. When the storm hit, suddenly, out of nowhere, you might be in a storm in your life right now. Don't let that determine the will of God for your life. In fact, I would even venture to say that you might be in that storm because God is actually not only directing you, but redirecting you. So here you are, you're in this trial, this difficulty, this hardship, and what is our first response to something like that? God must be mad at me. God must be punishing me. I must be out of God's will. No, not necessarily. In fact, this might be the very thing that God has allowed in order to get you to where He wants to get you. The year was 2002. (laughs) And that's exactly what God did in my life. I'm on the mainland. I have a church that I planted. I'm the pastor of the church. 
and everything was going just great. And then all of a sudden, God just began to make things not so great. (laughs) You know, sometimes we get too comfortable in point A, and God sees that. You've perhaps, I'm sure, heard that, of course, God will comfort the afflicted, but sometimes God will afflict the comfortable. We get too comfortable, too complacent, too content. And so God has to send a storm, because there's no way He would ever get us to consider point B if we're too comfortable in point A. So He's going to disrupt point A to even get us to consider point B. Well, that's exactly what happened. All of a sudden I began to see that God was wanting to do something different. And I was so rooted there in that place on the mainland. And it was really something that I would have never otherwise considered had God not allowed what He allowed to happen. And so when I began to sense that maybe God was moving me to Oahu, (laughs) here am I, Lord, send me. (laughs) Someone has to do it, right? When the Lord calls you, you want Him to call you to a place like this. But I sensed that God was going to close that chapter, close that door, and open up another door. And in 2003, we would come here to start what is this church, now some 16 years later. As they say, the rest is history. But had it not been for the circumstances that God arranged, I would have never even considered a move like this. This is where prayer comes in, such that we seek the Lord to reveal to us what His will is for us. This is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I know you all know this well. We sing this, we memorize this. But I want to point something out in this that maybe you haven't seen before. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Let's uh, let's kind of look at this a little bit closer. Three things. If we want the Lord to direct our paths, there are three prerequisites, if you please. The first of which is to trust the Lord with all your heart, not half-hearted. This has to be a complete trust by faith in the Lord. I'm trusting you, Lord. I have to. (laughs) This is a huge step of faith. The second one, 
Lean not on your own understanding. I think that's interesting. And here's why. Isn't it true that when we do understand, we don't lean on Him? Because we have understanding. When is it that we lean on the Lord, trust in the Lord? It's when we don't understand. Guess what? There are going to come into our lives those circumstances that make absolutely no sense. Lord, I don't understand what's going on. Good. That's the point. I've got you right where I need you. Because when you do understand, you don't look to me. You don't lean on me. You don't trust in me. You've got this thing figured out. So I'm going to allow these perplexing set of circumstances, and it's going to make no sense to you at all. I know that when we moved from Spokane, Washington to Kailua, we left one of the most inexpensive places on the planet to live to one of the most expensive places on the planet to move. And we hadn't even sold our house yet. In fact, it took one year after we moved here for our house to sell. I don't even want to tell you what it sold for. You'll cry. Okay, I'm going to tell you because I'm going to cry. (laughs) Sold it for $165,000. You can't buy a toilet in Hawaii for $160,000. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if that was a little bit. (laughs) Lord, (laughs) this, this makes no sense. Oh, looks like you're going to have to trust me. Yes, I'm going to have to trust you. And then thirdly, in all your ways, acknowledge him. In other words, in all of the ways that you go, in everything that you do, acknowledge Him, seek Him. That's prayer. When is it that we pray? Isn't it when we don't understand? Isn't it when we have to trust? I mean, here we are in this fork in the road, and as Yogi Berra famously said, when you get to that fork in the road, take it. (laughs) Thank you so much. That helps so much. Which way should I go, Lord? To the right, to the left? Should I move forward? Should I wait? The book of Colossians takes you deeper into the theology and doctrine of Christianity as the Apostle Paul emphasizes the deity of Jesus. As you learn about Jesus as the perfect man who walked the earth, you also need to embrace the fact that he is God. He has the right to be the judge, to tell the world of its sins and failures. Yet Jesus instead went to the cross to die for that sin, your sins. He poured love and grace out to a hurting world, giving all the opportunity at new life through his death. We're so glad you joined Pastor J.D. today to study the book of Colossians. We pray it's been an incredible encounter with Jesus. 
Today, you may be feeling called to tell someone else about Jesus and how he can change their lives. That can be intimidating, but it doesn't have to be. There are simple ways to share your faith, and you can find an excellent resource on our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. Pastor J.D. has simplified the gospel into the ABCs of salvation. These are the basics that everyone needs to know. Just click the link on our website and you'll see how easy it can be. Know that we're praying for you too as you answer Jesus' call to share the gospel. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you join us for our worship services. Bring your friends and family along too. It's a great time of fellowship and learning about God. Find out more about Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for being part of our time here today. We hope you'll tune in again for another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Ooh, ooh, ooh.